99 cents. You heard me. Canada's number one source for magic singles has 99 cents shipping on all orders across Canada. Order online at facetofacegames.com. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. Crazy Talk is brought to you by ManorDeprived.com, Canada's number one resource for the latest Magic the Gathering strategy, decks, articles, comics, videos, and podcasts. So, Drew, what was the the less risky topic you wanted to discuss? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about modern. <laughs> the format's sweet. Oh, man. So you're 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 qualified for Philly, right? I am. Yeah. So I guess you've been testing that a lot. Yeah. Um, I've been playing games. I've been talking with a lot of people. What do you I mean, think of uh, Coplate in Modern? Um, it seems kind of iffy. Like, I'm not a huge fan of um a lot of the cards in it. I feel like they're pretty underpowered, and I feel like the deck. Um, isn't good enough against uh, tuned aggro decks or tuned combo decks, and that um, Tom Strong won a tournament that was almost certainly uh, restricted by uh, card availability. Okay. Right. So what's what's good in Hallblade and decides to play it in an eternal format, unless. They're like, well, got nothing else. Might as well, like, grab my standard deck, throw some Hallowed Fountains in there, and, like, change a few cards where I can, and see what happens. So so what deck is good in Modern? Um, I think that any deck that kills someone on turn four or sooner is a good deck. So, like, Second Sunrise is a good deck? Um, I mean, like, so so is that the one with all the eggs? Well, it used to be eggs, but there's no eggs anymore. So it's just like, um, you know, the uh, spheres and, uh, yeah, it's that same deck, basically. I mean, like, if we're casting a three-mana spell that's going to, like, do a lot towards killing them, then can we just cast Pyromancer Swap? I guess. Like... There's a ton of mana and there's a ton of cantrips in this format, and like the lands are pretty insane, right? Like our ponders can be as good as we want them to be. So, you know, we we could probably have a pretty sweet, if a little bit unstable and vulnerable, like turn three storm kill deck, right? Where you just like. Make seven mana and or like make eight mana and like swath swath grape shot them. Yep. Yeah, you can do that. Or like swath grape shot grape shot them and you have like a storm of five. Like you have like ritual ritual swath grape shot and so that's twelve and then another grape shot and that's fifteen. Yeah, I mean you can run uh, mana morphos or whatever to draw yeah. and ramp. Like swath plus grape shot is 
pretty insane. Like, you need a storm of seven to get there with one of each, which is not actually that hard, considering you have cards like Ponder, Pyridine, Gitaxian Probe, and Manamorphose. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that hard to, you know, get there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just curious about what everyone thinks is the, the good decks and the, you know. So um, I was thinking about this a lot and actually decided to uh, sort of write my article about this. Uh, basically, like, the two extremes of the eternal formats uh, that we have now, right, because it's a non-rotating format. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, we have uh, Legacy, which has... Stoneforge Mystic, Jason Mind Sculptor, Brainstorm Force of Will, Days, and Mental Misstep. And so, like, blue control decks are just completely unreal. And on the other hand, we have Modern, which has no free counterspell, no insane blue card advantage engine, like, no Jace, no Ancestral. Like, the best blue card engine is, like, either Thirst for Knowledge or Gifts Ungiven. And Gifts uh-huh. Ungiven is probably just rancid. Uh, like, it's just way too slow. Or, like, Cryptic Command, if you want to call that an engine, but it's just, like, a sweet dismiss that does a bunch of other things, like fix your car. Um, <laughs> so, like, the blue spells in this format are actually really expensive. Um, and there's no way for it to sort of make up for lost time in the first couple turns, right? Like, the aggressive decks have a Mox. They have Mox Opal. But Chrome Mox is banned. So it's not like blue deck can give up cards early and, like, mox into a turn two Thirst for Knowledge and then untap and wrath their opponent. Um, they can, like, signet into wrath, and, you know, that that can be, like, a thing. But the problem is you have to deal with one-drops that range anywhere from Aether Vial and Thoughtseize to Noble Hierarch, Goblin Guide, and Wild Nacoddle. And you have to do that without mental misstep. Which is an insane proposition. So, like, you can play a bunch of engineered explosives, and that's probably, like, where I would start if I were a blue control deck. But then you have to realize that zoo decks still make it close in Legacy, where control decks have all of these insane cards um, and a pain-free mana base. Control decks in Modern have to pay two life every time they want to get a new color, right? Like, every time they fetch for a dual land, they have to either not use it that turn or pay two life, which adds up real fast. Yeah, I mean, that's why you see a lot of these mana bases that I've seen in, like, articles and stuff. They're only using, like, a couple of the on-color dual lands. And, like, they're making up the other, the stretch with, like, like, uh, for just an example, uh, Gavin put up, I think it was Gavin, put up, like, a, a blue-black um, deck with, like, uh, what's that guy? Ninja of the Deep Hours and Spellster Sprite, right? Yeah. So he's running, like, Sunken Ruins, uh, River of Tears, and then, like, Fetches and two, you know, uh, Watery Grave. Yeah. Because, because of that issue, you said. And I think River of Tears is actually pretty decent in a deck that, wants to basically counter things on their opponent's turn and play black spells on their turn, you know? It seems like I like I like that card in general. So, yeah, 
Um, Basically, it's a discussion of why Legacy could probably do without Mental Misstep, and Modern probably can't build very good control decks without it. Mm -hmm. Like, the thing is, Mental Misstep is only as insane as it is in Legacy because you have all of those filthy blue engines that allow you to essentially free roll your game plan, right? Like, you cast Jace, and it's a one-time investment. You unsummon their guy. He lives. You untap, and for the rest of the time that Jace is alive, you have a Howling Mind. Well, you you actually have something far better than a Howling Mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, when you have Howling Mind and a card that counters their one-drop for free, then, like, they have to spend mana on a card, and you get to spend one of the two cards that you draw a turn, and no mana, uh, to negate that. So, like, it, it's it's an, a very efficient way of converting Jace's card advantage into interaction advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that doesn't happen in Mars, right? Like, the best that you can do for blue card draw, again, is, like, getting a card ahead with Thirst for Knowledge, or, like, getting your getting two out of four cards with gifts ungiven. And like two of them are gonna be reclaims or you're not gonna get exactly what you want. Or mm-hmm. you can like gifts for two four removal spells. So mm. you know it's it's a problem. So for, what you're saying is the control decks are crap right now in modern. Agree. Yeah. Basically there, and there's that, no way to make rune snag fast enough when you're going to start pretty much behind on board every single time and you have no way of accelerating your game plan um, into any sort of sweeper. And then once you do sweep them, you have no way of not immediately falling behind on board again. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're basically saying that you you should either go with a combo approach that just attempts to do crazy things before turn four, right? Yeah. Uh, or an aggro approach that does just blazing fast, like, if they stumble, they lose, like, kind of approach, right? Right. Or, I guess the third way, and this is what we talked about with Alex, like, precast, is um, is just to go big, right, with, like, a cloud post or a charm strategy. I mean, but, like, think about cloud post and charm. And tell me why they're better than a turn four combo deck. Right? Like, isn't Scapeshift or, like, Primeval Titan basically your combo? Like, Scapeshift is your Primeval Titan, if that's what you want to call it. And then, like, if we want to, like, get it real simple, like, Scapeshift, Primeval Titan is, like, your part A, and then Emrakul is your part B. Mm-hmm. Like, Deceiver Exarch is your part A. And Splinter Twin is your part B. So, like, where is Emrakul better than Splinter Twin? Yeah, I don't know, man. And, like, Emrakul is sweet. I'll give you that. But, like, heads up, Emrakul versus Deceiver Exarc? I want Deceiver Exarc, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the difference is, is that it, it feels to me that the Deceiver Exarch would be e- easier to disrupt that than an Emrakul. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, that said, um, Deceiver Exarch's 
strategies, like, all of those cards aren't huge diminishing returns. Right? Like, the second scapeshift you draw is awful. The best thing it is, is Stream of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, that's not, like, a card that I want to play in Eternal Format, by the way. <laughs> Stream of Life? Yeah. Uh, not interested. Like, like sacrifice two lands, get two Glimmer Posts, like, game ten? Not interested. Yeah, but what if you instead sack the lands and then just march yourself down for game 30? I mean, that would be cool, right? How are we getting 30? Are we getting, like, four Glimmer Posts? Cheating, bro. That's how. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> you know, your ways. tools of, of how to work on and win these games, you know, like Mike Long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I understand, like, I, this is really interesting to me because it shows how, how people like you think, you know what I mean? When you look at a format, uh, you think a certain way. Like, you, you think about things like, how is Emrakul better than Deceiver Eckhart, you know? Like, yeah. what, what are the quality of the cards you're playing? in the Emrakul deck versus the Seaver Exarch deck, you know? Which right. are, it's just like, it's a different, I don't look at things like that, which is probably why I don't, you know, play good magic or whatever. But, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm being honest, you know, it's like, right. it's like, it's, it's a way to think, and I, I like to always pick people like your brain about that stuff because it's, uh, it's interesting how you guys look at these formats and stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, in in all honesty, like, the reason why I, like, know how to talk about this is just, like, you talk about a bunch of these things, you talk about people, you talk about ideas with people who are better than you, and then they ask you questions like this when you, like, throw your wacky idea at them, and you just sit there for five minutes and you're like, huh, yeah, I guess I can't really come up with a reason why, like, I'd want to play a bunch of lands that come into play tapped, and you know, a four mana do nothing, and then a kill condition that doesn't even kill them right away, that costs 15 mana. Like, God forbid I get ghost quartered ever, or I get blood mooned, or my escape shift gets countered, or, like... Well, blood moon is not that bad because they're running beasts with them, but... Or I get thought seized, like, I escape shift and then they thought seize me, and then they take my emerical? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think Ghost Quarter really makes that deck like I I played it like I was playing that I tried to build a blue deck that was my first like go to place and I built it with uh, four Ghost Quarter you know because there's a lot of cloud post decks and stuff that I've seen and the guy goes turn one cloud post right and then I'm just like well turn one Ghost Quarter kill the cloud post like I'm not even I don't want him to pursue it you know and then have to like fight this uphill battle with him. Yeah. So I just stripped it, like, went to zero mana, and then, like, won the game because he couldn't do shit. Like, <laughs> so it's, uh, it, you know, definitely it's a beating. What the heck is that, dude? Do I just get a, a message? Yeah, so, so I don't know. So, like, when you're approaching modern, like, what are, what do you think are, like, some viable strategies? I mean, I know we kind of talked in broad terms of what you want to be doing, and you said something like um, 
Seaver XR or maybe some kind of storm pyromancer swap. You know, but what about aggro strategies? Like, is there a good zoo deck? Is there, or is there's, it like going to be artifact temper steel kind of based or whatever? There's definitely an affinity deck in the format. Um, <laughs> you you have like let, let's be clear, they banned the artifact lands. They didn't ban they didn't ban disciple of the vault, and they didn't ban arcbound ravager, and they didn't ban mox opal, and they didn't ban signal pest, and they didn't ban memnite. They didn't. They didn't ban the dark still. Uh, still they didn't ban here, dark still Citadel, and they didn't ban blink moth nexus. So, your your artifact density suffers. Certainly, like you, you probably don't get to play cards like Thoughtcast, but like you can still definitely play like forty five artifacts in your deck. That mm-hmm. that probably shouldn't be too much of a stretch. You just have to like. It, you, you get to play Ether Vial too. Like, do you remember the last time people were allowed to play Ether Vial in Affinity? It was a long time ago. Yeah, pretty good card right here. So you're one of the people who think that Ether Vial is good in modern. Um, not necessarily. I because think about like what Ether Vial is in Legacy, right? And I actually I wrote an article about this like way, 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 way back, where I talked about how. You basically, when you're an Ether Vial deck, you want Ether Vial to like give you two mana a turn, mm-hmm. um, because like if you basically view Ether Vial as another land that lets your creatures not get countered, that's okay, but it's not great. And like the one exception to that is Violent Disciple of the Vault in response to like something bad happening and like tend them. Like that's awesome. <laughs> in response to something bad happening, I like that. Something like someone's like, oh, someone's like, oh, grudge your Arcbound Ravager, and you're like, you're at what? Oh, you're dead. <laughs> I was going to slow roll this, but now you forced my hand, but... <laughs> I guess I can't let you flash that one back, sir. Kill you. Oh, Ancient Grudge is pretty good right now, right? Say that again? Ancient Grudge is pretty good then, right? Um, it's probably fine. I mean, like, there's just so many different removal spells, and they they all have reasons to get played. Like, there are aggressive decks that want to beat, like, certain combo decks or certain control decks that want Ancient Grudge for, like, Signets and, you know, wh- whatever else, um, what, whatever control strategy things people have, you know, Oblivion Stone, for instance. Um, but people will also want, like, some dismembers somewhere so that they can beat, you know, Pestermites and Deceiver Exarchs and Kiki Jikis. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will also want Path to Exiles so that they can beat Tarmogoy. Because that's a real card. Yeah, that card's pretty good. So, like, you you have, you know, and I think those are probably just, like, the three best removal spells in the format. I think that Punishing Fire is, like, pretty unplayable. And that, and I'll get to that in a second. But like, your, your three best removal spells are basically Path Dismember and Ancient Grudge. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ancient Grudge is probably like a distant third. Path and Dismember are really where you want to be. Um, and so if you don't have those removal spells, then you should probably be killing them real fast. Um, but like with Punishing Fire, think about how this format has evolved. Um, back in 
Austin, I think it was, no one knew about Punishing Fire. Um, or, like, people knew, but, like, very, it, it wasn't talked about, and it just dominated the tournament. Like, people played decks that couldn't possibly ever beat a Grove of the Burn Willows and a Punishing Fire. People were extirpating it and didn't know how that interaction worked. Um, like, it was just embarrassing. Um, <laughs> You're like, wait, so, wait a second. You don't get that back. You're like, yes, <laughs> right. I do. <laughs> and actually, actually, these are both game actions. I'm not using activated ability. Game action? What's that? That just is. In response to you tapping your land, I'm extirpating your... <laughs> I can't respond to that, bro. Yeah. I mean, you can respond to the light gain trigger. Sure. But no one ever does. <laughs> um. So, there's that problem. Um. And, like, Kibler wins a bunch of money because of all of that. Um, so then we have Amsterdam. Everyone knows about Punishing Fire. It's like the defining card of the format. People still, like, everyone plays it. No one builds a deck that can realistically beat it, except for, you know, like, the people who make top eight. Like, if you look at the not top eight decks, there are still people building, like, a bunch of weird brews that can't ever beat it. And, like, only CFB really had a deck list that uh, didn't lose to Punishing Fire, right? It that, played that was like the Doran deck list, right? It, it played like Lone Lion, Doran, Trefoe, Carpenter, just like nothing that ever died to Punishing Fire. Yeah, it was like a Doran deck list without uh, Noble Hire because right, yeah. of Punishing Fire, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it was very good. Um, so, like, if we just follow the progression of the format and, like, its evolution then everyone's going to everyone is going to build their deck figuring out how to minimize punishing fire so it's not going to be good um and if you buy into that metagame then you might be able to gain some advantage from playing a deck that can't ever beat a punishing fire but the problem is there are just better ways to build those decks that don't give up those edges because there're still going to be idiots who play punishing fire and they're still going to shuffle that card up, and it's unfortunate, but, like, those guys are behind the curve. Yeah, they're also paying $20 for the Grove of the Burn Willows. Are they seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny, because, like, when this whole thing blew up, like, when Modern got announced, I went and bought Grove of the Burn Willows on Moto for $4 a piece, yeah. and I just sold them to a bot for... 15 or 16 tonight and it's just like oh man like all the stuff it was just all the stuff that I bought that was modern related I just sold to a bot tonight and it was like and so now you're just like rolling like a big shot it's pretty awesome I love modern man it's so cool (laughs) (laughs) free motherfucker right (laughs) (laughs) no I do like the format though like uh, you know, I like hearing about all these different uh, strategies and, and thoughts and stuff on it. You know, so you think Punishing Fire is crap? You like Path Dismember uh, combo decks and super aggressive decks and super aggressive decks. And you feel like the over the top decks are kind of just uh, pointless. Like the over the top decks are just combo decks, and it's fine to have an over the top deck, but then you have to reason. You have to have a reason to play it over Storm. 
right? Like, Storm is just an over-the-top deck. Makes a bunch of mana, casts a bunch of spells, and then you die. But, like, it gets to play a bunch of sweep cards that don't suck together. Right? Like, I I would love to draw three Grape Shots a game. But if I drew three Emrakuls a game, I'd want to kill myself. <laughs> don't do that, by the way, True, We need yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you draw three scape ships, then, like, it's just the worst. Um, if you draw three Pyromancer Swath, then, like, you cast all your cantrips, you find a grape shot, and then they can't ever win because you cast all your rituals, you cast, like, two of your three swaths, and then you grape shot them and they're dead. What about, like, uh, the Doran, like, rock deck with, like, discard spells and stuff like that? Do you think that has some kind of game? Like, it's not a fast aggro deck, it's not a combo deck. Yeah. Um, I mean, it has Skin Shifter, you know? Yeah. I think that... (laughs) I mean, I've been working with uh, Ben Hayes for a while. And basically, uh, we come to the conclusion that... It's mostly Ben. uh, He deserves pretty much all the credit for this conclusion. Um, None of the mid-range decks impress me unless they have at least one infinite combo. Okay. So you, like... You can fit an infinite combo into your mid-range decks, by the way. It's yeah. not hard. So you'd be talking like a pod, like uh, Necroticus mid-range. I mean, it could be Necroticus, it could be Deceiver Exarch, it could be Malira, it could be Crypt Champion, but like, there are just so many like, sweet cards. Yeah, man. This format's awesome. Yeah, like, there, there are just so many Places that people don't look. Do you think if they gave us mental misstep, the format would be less awesome? Um, I think it would be differently awesome. Okay. I think that what, what's Cryptic Command at now, Medina? Uh, it's like twenty, fifteen, or twenty. Are you serious? Yeah. God, people are deranged. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah. She has them at fourteen. Um, I think Cryptic Command would be a $25 plus card if Mental Misstep were legal and modern. Okay. It may be a $25 plus card soon. Yeah, sure. Like, we don't, you know, it's like, right now we're kind of, there's this big modern hype, all the prices went just apeshit, and now I think people, it's close enough to Pro Tour that people are kind of now, like, saying, whoa, Maybe I should wait to see, like, which decks do well before I go and spend hundreds of dollars on this tournament. Yeah, like, all of these Ravnica lands are insane. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking (laughs) at these prices. Like, Breeding Pool is sold out at $35. Steam Fence is a $25 card. Like, those are probably the two best lands, by the way. Um, Yeah. Steam Fence and Breeding Pool. I like the Steam Fence, for sure. Um, I'm a big fan of the Blue Red. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. do, do you have any of them, uh, Drew, or you're you're one of the guys that is going to have to be scrambling for cards? Um, I have some of them, not lots. Um, there was a part of me that wanted to pull the trigger on making an offer on Medina's uh, 40 Shockland uh, set, but I realized that there were probably better things that I could do, like helping African orphans with my $850. Oh, you're so good, man. Such a good guy. I mean, like, how much... I assume you sold that, like, instantly, right? Uh, I sold it for 900 Yeah, sounds about right. 
Yeah, like what kept happening is like I had it for six forty at first. Jeez. And then like modern got like kind of like got the bump and I was like, all right, bumping them up to like eight. And then people were like, kind of like trying to play chicken with me, where they're like, yeah, I'm interested, but you know, I'm not gonna pay eight. And I'm just like, all right, well, every week I'm just gonna raise the price. <laughs> so you know, you can keep pussyfooting around or you can buy them. And so like the next week I raised them eight forty. And then some guy goes, I want him. And I'm like, all right, good, like, 840. And then he goes, okay, I'll pay you, like, tomorrow. I'm waiting for funds to clear. So, like, five days later, the funds didn't clear. I don't know. Like, I'm not calling a liar or anything. But they just didn't clear. So I'm just like, look, dude, it's been five days. I don't have my money. <laughs> Your order's canceled. I'm selling, selling them to someone else. So by this time, a week had passed. So I'm like, all right, 900. And then once I said 900, this guy picked them up. And he was like, yep, I'll take them. I love how, like, you keep raising your prices and people keep, like, you know, not buying them. And then you raise them high enough and someone's like, yeah, this seems like a good idea. Like, I thought <laughs> it was a week ago it was 840 I didn't really want to buy it. But now that I have to pay more, maybe they're worth something. That That is a strategy that I learned a while back. It's, like, one of the gems of selling cards. Like, I used yeah, like, to always think, lower your prices and you sell more cards. That's not the truth. Like, if you just start hiring your prices, people are going to be like, oh, shit, I better go buy that because it just keeps going up every week. Like, Yeah. It's funny because on my sale list, all the prices that I raise, I sell those cards. That's so good. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, like, I, I learned it as, like, the luxury good effect. That, like, people are willing to pay more for something just because it costs more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where, like, and that was, like, the rationale that I learned from my parents and my mentors about, like, why people, like, paid through the nose for these, like, Gucci and Prada bags that were just, like, no different from anything else except for the fact that they cost, like, ten times as much. Yeah, definitely. And it was yeah, insane. Like, yeah, even some of that stuff is crappier. Like... It, it's it's not as good as other things, or maybe just as good, but it's just because it has that name brand, like, or because it costs X dollars, you know. Yeah. I mean, you get you get into a lot of that with the pimping culture, like people want to brag about how much their deck is worth or how much you know their collection is worth, so they always buy expensive cards. And like when I'm selling to those people, I always build that part of their ego up, you know. Like, yeah, man, you know, you don't find these very often, and not a lot of people are willing to put forth the money, like, blah, 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 you know, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, I want that. Like, that's, you know, should be part of my collection, you know? It's like, yeah, it should be. Here, take it. I've, I've, never been, I've never been too big on pimping, but uh, last week I went and I, uh, I've ordered... Uh, a foil version of my PTQ winning deck. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this the one that you uh, that you cheated with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the one I cheated with. <laughs> so uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll cheat you uh, if we ever uh, meet and and play. <laughs> that would be awesome. Perfect. I'll cheat you back, bro. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, it's so good to know that, like, this discussion about Brincini has really just turned into him being a role model. 
he's gonna have a bunch of like uh, laughing. I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping he's gonna get into the, the Hall of Fame for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it's uh, I mean we have to uh, we have to uh, we have to kind of soften the blow a little bit, you know. We gotta we gotta keep things uh, you know lighthearted, so to speak here. Yeah. We don't want to just like we don't want to depress our listeners so that they, you know, feel like jumping out of a building. It's okay. Your 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 listeners love controversy. They do. I mean, everybody loves controversy, though, right? Yeah. Everyone like <laughs> everyone likes to look under the carpet and see all the nasty stuff going on. Yeah. They like to see all the bugs scatter. You know, all that stuff. When you look under in- the carpet and there's nothing, it's a disappointment. It's like, yeah. right, like. They want to see, like, the dead body in the closet or, like, in the freezer downstairs. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, what a warped, twisted world we live in. Exactly. Exactly. Like, they want to be horrified. <laughs> so, like, really, I'm, like, by telling the truth, I'm just giving people what they want. Exactly. Exactly. And it even has the side effect of, like, helping them out the next time they go to a magic tournament and get paired against someone that, like, they would otherwise, you know, get charmed by. Like, Alex Pernicini is a very charismatic person. Um, you know, he, he, he has the ability to, you know, turn on the charm and, you know, put people at ease. And the problem is that he then uses that to his advantage. So... Yeah, probably don't get charmed. Anyway, yeah. Megan gets paired against Alex Bertoncini in the future. Try not to get charmed by me. You know, I know I'm a charming guy. Yeah, no, I mean, get, especially get if you're playing yourself. goblin guides. Eh? No, if they're playing goblin guides. If you're playing goblin guides, you gotta watch my ass, okay, guys? Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will just arbitrarily draw cards off your goblin guides. Yep, definitely quoting this very immediately. <laughs> Oh man, it's for your best interest, guys. I don't want to cheat you, you know. <laughs> I don't want it, but like, you're playing Goblin guys, man. Like, I just can't help but draw that card. I've been revealing it. It's in my hand. <laughs> oh man. I hope there's not a um, an empty comment section after this episode. I hope it's just just full of people in outrage and like. You know, just all kinds of mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that everyone has, like, some sort of story. Like, you, you, you've written plenty of articles about, like, how everyone has at some point been the kid who just got completely train wrecked in a trade. Right? Yep. Like, gave their birds of paradise for, like, uh, a, you know, bird maiden or whatever. Um, and they're like, yeah, that sounds good. This one's a one-two, and that one's a no-one. I'm giving you a good deal here, kid. Um, so, like, you know, anywhere from that to, like, giving their power up for, you know, basic lands. You know, the most extreme example. Yeah. Um, like, this one can't get shattered. Um, but, like, people have been cheated as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. And so, that, that just is um, unfortunate. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be some reactions to that extent. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want anybody to get 
cheated at at the magic table, you know, or at the at the card table where you're trading, you know. I mean, it's one thing if everyone understands like the, the drill, you know what I mean. If you play competitive magic and you're at the trade table, you know you should know your prices, but you gotta yeah. know the drill, you know. But some kid who's like just starting out and he opens up a Jason Mind Sculptor, like. You know, you gotta you gotta exercise some uh, some discretion. <laughs> you can't just roll them for a chase. And I mean, I think everyone starts off at this place where we get rolled in trade. Like, I mean, I started there. I got ripped off plenty of times when I was first trading. You know, uh, that's just that that was the way of things, man. The guys couldn't wait for me to get there because I used to open all kinds of booster packs and they would just raid my binder. Yeah. You know, but, like, things have changed now, you know? <laughs> so, uh, Drew, are you are you going to Pittsburgh uh, next week? Uh, well, ne- this weekend? I am actually leaving for Pittsburgh tomorrow, as in Thursday. Um, I turn 21 tomorrow. And so oh, wow. I'm headed to Pittsburgh to um, celebrate with a night of debauchery. Um, a morning of sleeping off what is certain to be a brilliant hangover, and an afternoon and evening of brewing and grinding. Wow. Sounds like a blast, man. Yeah. No, it's going to be perfect. Yeah, sounds awesome. Well, um, you know, happy birthday in advance. Um, Thank you. Cool to see uh, my little boy growing all up here (laughs) before my eyes, you know? (laughs) What the Dude, it's more than money. You're, you you're not that old, Medina. How old is he? Oh, man. I'm 29. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're ancient. Yeah, I am, dude. I've been around the block, brother. So, uh, yeah. You don't sound 29. Yeah, I don't act 29 either. According to my wife. <laughs> I love how, uh, how Drew made me sound smarter in his quote. He's like, uh, if I'm playing Goblin Guys, you better watch my ass. I'll just draw cards indiscriminately. Oh, did you not say indiscriminately? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't think I did. That's right. I don't think I don't think he would use <laughs> that word. Yeah, yeah it's that. not part of his uh, Mexican lingo. <laughs> hey man, I know the word indiscriminately. I'm just saying I don't use it much. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I'm happy to make you look smarter. And then all the people trading with you are like, yeah, Medina, like knows his words, but does he know his numbers? And you're like, yes, I do, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> give me that Tower of the Magistrate. Dollar, dollar, dollar? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah dollar. Oh, man. Yeah, I love trading, dude. I just love it. It's awesome. I mean, at this point in time, like, I, I just trade for the fun of it. I'm like, I don't need any cards anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got stacks and stacks of, like, foil cryptic commands, nothing to do with them. You're like, yeah, you want a foil cryptic command? Yeah, underground sea. That's easy. Okay, let's go. I gave away a foil Judge Bob the other day, dude. I was just like, "Wow, hell with it. Let's do this." <laughs> yeah, man, it's awesome. Like, imagine the guy who's getting this foil Judge Bob for me for free. All he had to do was draw a picture of his favorite magic experience. That's all he had to do, and there it is, right there in the mail. Hundred dollar card. Woohoo! Yeah, like, and how sick is it that you just like? get to have all of these sweet, like, hand-drawn pictures sent to you. <laughs> I think it's in that high as well. I think it's the sickest. Have you seen them? Oh, my gosh. They're no, awesome. no, no, no. Like, can you, like, paste in all of the, like, amateur links or something? If you go, um, 
if you go to my Facebook and just look at my photos, I have a whole album of all the pictures. It says okay. favorite favorite MTG moments from my Twitter followers. Wow. Yeah, do you see these? Did you see the one from Jerfington? Who's Jerfington? Jerfington is this uh, guy who draws, like, comics on uh, KYT site. And so he draws, like, a comic strip. You'll see it in there. It's, like, it's the one that's a comic strip. It's, like, a hand-drawn comic strip. Wow. These pictures are awesome. I love it. It was totally worth the bob. How many submissions did you get in total? I think about 50. I'm looking for the Durfington <laughs> comic. <laughs> yeah, it should be easy to Dur- see. It's the only one that has, like, frames, you know? Like, as you're looking through there. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, Griffin Valentine did one about his, his like, first uh, impression of Polar Kraken. And it's just, uh, that one's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's some pretty funny ones in there, dude. You need you need to post them on your uh, on your website. Yeah, man. Yeah, these are like I want to do something like this again because this is so awesome. Looking at all these people, some guy drew a picture of him getting laid after playing Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Durfington one is unreal. Yeah, there's another guy like with one where he's casting Charizard, and he has an active Pyromancer Ascension. A cast through time, and a Chandra that he's copying the next spell with. So how many Charizards is that, and how many will that be, like, after all of those other ones resolve? Well, we figured it out, and it would be, it's five in the beginning, and then it's going to rebound once, but it's not going to get the Pyromancer or the Chandra trigger. Okay, so it's going to be six Charizards. Six six Charizards, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's like 60 damage, that's pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so this is just crazy I thought it was uh, I thought it was a fun little giveaway so, so yeah I'm going to give away some more cards because I want more pictures <laughs> <laughs> what a baller Medina yeah, is just like yep don't need anything else in life just more pictures more pictures from these guys yeah like exactly. so John now that you know that Drew's actually going to GP Pittsburgh are you more excited to go funny you should ask that <laughs> <laughs> What? A, a little bit of deja vu coming on here. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped, dude. Uh, it's It would be cool to see Drew and uh, and see Alex. That would be a lot of fun. So I just got to find out if if it's uh, if it's okay with the with the wifey and uh, you know check things out. Does she ever go with you on these trips? No, no. She's been to a couple of magic tournaments with me. Uh, not big ones. Just uh, well, she went to uh, SCG Cincinnati. And met some people there. Um, she's just not big on like big groups of people in general, especially like big groups of magic players. Okay. Uh, so it's just kind of like you know, she does her thing, I do my thing, and uh, for for that for that aspect of my life, it's pretty good. You know, I'm not going to force her to like magic. You know. And you don't have to force someone to like magic, man. Magic is pretty awesome. You just have to sell it, right? Yeah, I tried to teach her, and like this is when I was first learning. And so, like, I taught her how to play, and then I beat her, and then she didn't want to play them. But, yeah. But it was more like, it was not even just like, oh, I beat you, I win. It was like, you know, as as bad as I could beat her, like, I just piled it on and just, like, you know, did the sick rubbins 
And then she was just like, okay, I don't want to play anymore. And I was like, oh, misplay. You fish. <laughs> I've actually played a few games of uh, Ascension with my uh, girlfriend. What is, how does she like it? It's, well, she, she doesn't, like, she she hasn't, like, there's a few times I went, like, Oh, we're playing a game of Ascension. She's like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she hasn't refused the game yet, you know? <laughs> but it's, like, it's not as bad as Magic. Like, when you yeah, when you really beat someone in Magic, like, it doesn't feel really good. <laughs> but, like, in Ascension is, like, it's less uh, confrontational, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, I like Ascension. I am... Um... I started playing that on my iPhone. I, I that's the first time I've ever played it was on my iPhone. And man, that game is addicting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, that game is awesome. I mean, I basically spent like the better part of a month in Wisconsin like alternating between working in politics and playing Ascension and Dominion with my girlfriend, and that was just it. Oh, oh wow. and drafting. And drafting. Sounds like fun. Yeah, no, it was perfect. So Pretty how perfect. how yeah. did it go for you, uh, Drew, in, uh, in at nationals? Because I I think you were you were qualified. Yeah. So nationals was pretty miserable. Um, I had a sweet list, and I tutored the standard. Um, like I felt like I had the right deck for the tournament. I lost to Birthing Pod and um, Vampires. I mean, like, I just never can ever beat Matt Landstrom. Like, every single time I had timely reinforcements, he either had Hero of Oxid Ridge or Marsh Casualties. Right. Um, it was just, like, one of those days. Um, and Game 2, where I had double timely reinforcements, he had double Marsh Casualties. And while I was casting those timely reinforcements, I drew all four of my squadron hawk. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know it was actually possible to do that before that actually just happened. <laughs> and I was so, like, well, I cast these squadron hawks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so those reinforcements were not very timely. <laughs> uh, they were very timely. It's just that like they couldn't make it through the marsh, man. They were all casualties. Oh, man. I guess it should have been called Timely Marsh Casualties, right? Yeah, no, like, they they never made it to reinforce anyone. Yeah. They're like, dude, the didn't we stand for reinforcements? Yeah. What the fuck are they? They died in the swamp, man. <laughs> they got swamped, that's what happened. Yep. Meanwhile, all your squadron hawks are gathering up in your hand. Yeah, they're like, hey, bro, what's up? And I'm like, no, 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 not now, not now. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you right now, bro. <laughs> it's like, fourth land, please. And they're like, squadron talk number four. It's like, hey, guys, what's for lunch? <laughs> and it turns out that they were what's for lunch. It was like, <laughs> um, oh, man. So, Remember when we used to have Jace the Mind Sculptor? <laughs> yeah, no, that was perfect. I'm trying to think of, like, how much money I would pay, like, to be allowed to enter an event with Forge Ace the Mind Sculptor, like a standard event. <laughs> well, you could just pull, like, a Burton Cheney and just do it. 
I mean... And be like, oh, I thought my legacy Jaces somehow ended up in my standard deck. They were all facing the same way. It, it, it was really hard. Please don't give me anything more than a warning. I'll just <laughs> I would just love to see you actually get through a match with Jace, like, and people not notice. <laughs> Do you, like, fate feel you? Like, Damn, this is so hard to beat. <laughs> I actually really want to, like, play... I feel like it would be such a sick cheat to play the Stoneforge Mystic Precon and, like, add a Sword of Feasting Town and be like, no, dude, it's definitely in there. <laughs> when was the last time you checked the deck room, huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, no one needs to know that Sickle Slicer's in that thing. <laughs> I didn't even know that was in there. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's the tutu living weapon. That's what it, it is. Sounds like a draft common to me. It is. It's an uncommon. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Francos. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> so, uh, what, what, like, what happened, and what happened in the uh, draft uh, portion? So I drafted a pretty sick deck. It had like a bunch of Phantasmal Bears and Stormfront Pegasuses. And so I went 1-1. One, one. Oh, sorry, I went 2-1. And then I, I basically like thought about it, realized that um, I probably wasn't going to 7-0, and decided to drop it and play the Legacy Open the next day. Um, decided to play Bug. Um, and got rewarded by playing against Show and Tell round one. Crushed him very, very handily. Um, and then proceeded to, over the, my, the course of the next three matches, uh, mulligan nine times, play eight games. And uh, it turns out that when you're playing a one-for-one one deck and you mulligan nine times, uh, that it's very hard to win. Yeah. Right. Um, I didn't actually know that until I started with five cards, and they were like, land, land, stifle, removal spell, Tarmogoyf. And then my Tarmogoyf died, and I was like, oh, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> Go? No. land. Your no. turn. <laughs> you know who, who didn't find it hard to win? Mark's son. Mark's son is a superstar. Holy <laughs> smoke. I mean, except for Zenithing for Bird instead of Tarmogoyf against Merfolk, but like, we all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you draw an extra card off your goblin guide, and you just don't call a judge. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's not it's not a big deal, guys. Okay. <laughs> no, but like I'm really I'm really psyched that uh, Mark's on top eight. It it's like the guy he works so hard. You know, he plays a lot of legacy, and he finally I would say finally got there because like top eight in legacy chance is pretty badass. You know. Yeah. And we didn't have him on since then, did we, guys? No. Oh. I wanted him on. What happened? And, uh, he was, oh, he's cubing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's busy cubing. But it's funny that we've been pumping up his, hyping up his name, and... Uh... <laughs> I think it's anyone who comes on Crazy Talk becomes, like, a legacy superstar. Yeah. I, I didn't really feel like a legacy superstar until I talked to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, are you recording this, KYT? Yeah. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I think this episode's going to be like 25 hours, which is pretty awesome, but, you know, 
Dude, aren't all the episodes where I come on, they just, like, go forever? That's how yeah, it because you're so full of knowledge and information, and we just want to keep sucking that information out. <laughs> Dude, I was pretty sure that, like, the next word after of was going to be bullshit, but, like, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, I was thinking bullshit, but I want you to keep coming back, so... <laughs> so knowledge it is? Knowledge it is. <laughs> we have a thirst. And the only thing that can cure it is knowledge. <laughs> There's we need bullshit. more knowledge. <laughs> Terrible. Hey, I put on my pants like everyone else, one leg at a time. <laughs> but after my pants are on, I make gold records. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you guys don't know about Bruce Dickinson? Come on. <laughs> that is a pretty good quote. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, Drew, uh, I think uh, a few a few weeks ago, or maybe it, even it's been even a few months. I think you wrote about like mental misstep, like really kind of like shrinking the meta game in uh, in Legacy, yeah. and uh, and then like I looked at the top sixteen <laughs> for the last SCG event, and like you can see that it's like there's like half the decks are either like no rug or blue white yeah exactly so it's kind of like you're a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah i mean like that that's part of what i wrote about in my article today there were 27 mental missteps in the top eight of uh boston all eight decks played at least one um actually all of them played at least two So it wasn't like there were, you know, seven decks that, like, six decks that had four and one deck that had three and, like, another deck that had zero. It was like a bunch of them had three, a bunch of them had four, and the aggro loam deck, like the red-green-black deck, had two. Just just think about that one. The red-green-black aggro loam deck had two mental missteps. That's a real card, right? Like, yeah. when when you just want to play it in, like, some random mid-range strategy, you're like, no, uh, I, I don't want Thoughtseize or Duress or Inquisition of Kozlek. I want Mental Misstep. That's when you know your format's really healthy. I, I What I love is that when Mental Misstep was previewed, okay, there was a group of people who were saying, oh, man, this is going to change Legacy. This is going to be a big deal. And then there was a group of people who were like, eh, it's okay, it's not going to really do anything in Legacy. Yeah. Like, I mean, like come on. <laughs> like, How stupid do those people feel? <laughs> I loved it when people called me out and they were like, yeah, I can't wait for, like, Mental Misstep Zoo and, like, Mental Misstep Junk and Mental Misstep Goblins. Low, 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 that will never happen. And, like, they all happen. Yeah, I remember the Mental Misstep to Goblins. Uh, Jim yeah, Davis is running that at the Invitational. Jim Davis, literally the best Goblins player I can actually think of. Like, he's top-aided uh, GPs with Goblins, I think, in every single format that they've been, like, a good deck. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he top-aided GP Flash with Goblins. I might be wrong, um, but, like, I'm pretty sure... I know he top aided an extended GP with goblins, and I know that he just plays goblins in Legacy all the time whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if he's playing a card in his goblin deck, it's correct. 
You know why I think he's a badass? Because um, he plays goblins with green and not black. Yeah. And, like, that's pretty badass, you know? Like, I've always seen the, the black, black-red variant, but he's, like, stylistically, like, runs green. And blue, I guess, now. <laughs> yeah, blue for mental misstep, man. Yep. Um, so, like, mental misstep is just this miserable card that doesn't really do a whole lot for the format except make it smaller. And, like, if that's what you're out to do, then that's awesome. But, like, there's no real reason to print that card unless you want to make the format smaller. Like, I I guess you could, like, make a super spell pierce, right? Like, if you if you think about what it means, like, where the counter wars go, like, if you're, like, playing Cobblade versus Twin, Mm-hmm. Like and you just want to constantly re-raise, they're like, oh well, Splinter Twin. And you're like Manly. They're like Spell Pierce. And you're like Dispel. And they're like, and they're like Dispel. Then, you know, eventually, presumably, they have some mana advantage on you because you played a Jace, and then they Deceiver Exarch to you. So like, you only have three mana. So you have, you know, your Mana Lake mana and your Dispel mana. So like, how do you re-raise? Well. You play Mental Misstep. You get that one for free. So it's like the Spell Pierce that Spell Pierce is Spell Pierce. Yeah, I mean, that seems okay. If if they want to do that, I think Flusterstorm is fine for fighting the counter spells, you know? Yeah. I think that's a nice trump. Like, I, I like it, like, it, this could sound weird, but I like Flusterstorm just, like, in general, just to do work. You know what I mean? Like, they're like Hindutoric, you're like Flusterstorm. You know, okay. then they they have to like mental misstep and force it to like stop it. You know what I mean? Because you have two copies by that point. Right. So or like basically just the sickest rune snag ever. Yeah, or like or what I think is sick, like when I was fighting over this guy's ancestral visions, he was like, Okay, he's running low on cards, his vision goes on the stack, and then like his vision hits the board, and then I'm like, force a will. So then he's like, force your force, you know? And then, like, that's already, like, one, two, three, and this is going to be four. You know what I mean? So then if I, if I, um, flusterstorm him, then he has to, he has to basically tap four to stop it. Yeah. Which I think is sick. It seems pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, unless he has four lands, in which case I definitely just pay and then peel three and then peel one for my turn, play a land, and say go. Yeah, obviously. But presumably he has three lands, because, you know, you're awesome. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I wastelanded him, like, the turn before, and, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, the magic gods, like, they just shine on me, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I think... Arms life. I, I remember, it's like, either that or they're looking the other way. Eh? <laughs> Dude, whenever they look away, man, I just draw those cards off Goblin Guys. <laughs> no, but I think I think Flusterstorm is okay in uh, in that context, which I like. But yeah, Mental Misstep, I don't know, man. I feel like I, as much as I like that card, I like casting it. I just don't like what it did to Legacy in general. Yeah, exactly. Um. And I think that Legacy is falling out of flavor for a minute. And unless there's going to be a Legacy GP anytime soon, 
Like, I don't know. If we start seeing, like, a modern PTQ season, like, I can easily see Legacy taking a backseat. And if Star City, like, stops supporting Legacy on oh, Sunday, then... If Star City stops supporting Legacy, the format almost immediately dies. Yeah. Like, we go back to Legacy GPs that are, like, 800 people tops. Mm-hmm. Like, the card prices just fall off the map. Yeah, which would be awesome, because then what I do is buy up all of them at that point. <laughs> and then when Legacy comes back, I'm just like, check it out, guys, you need dual lands? <laughs> Freaking Medea. Medea <laughs> just literally cornered the market. Wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> no, wouldn't put it past Ted Knutson, man. That guy's a beast. Have you been reading that, his column? That dude is so sick. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, man, yeah. Can we, can we talk guy. for a second about how he got into this sick Twitter battle with Heath? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you know do you know Heath? Um, I don't. Okay. Like, I kind of know Heath. I talk to him pretty regularly. I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't say, like, regularly, but probably... I have at least four or five conversations a month with him. Sure. And, like, because he's got me on his chat feed and I have him online. So, like, um, he started fighting with Ted about hoarding and speculation and all this garbage, right? And I disagree with Heath. Like, let me just put that out there. Like, obviously, because I like making money off cards. So, um, but it's funny because he started the fight and then he sends me a chat message saying, help you know, with an exclamation point. And I'm just like, you made your bad line it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, why do you fight with... I, and I said this on my other podcast earlier today, but it's like, Ted is an awesome writer, okay? He was an editor, for goodness sake. So, like, this guy has great command of the English language, right? And yeah. so you're going to choose to fight with him on the medium that requires command of the English language, right? Yeah. It's like, just that's the stupidest thing. Yeah, why would you argue with someone who is, like, going to obviously make you look stupid, like, no matter if you're wrong or right. Like, he's just, he's so good at writing and articulating himself that you're not going to get a leg up on him, you know? And, yeah, it was just, oh, my gosh. Like, so what do you think? What do you think of this whole thing? Um, It seems like Ted just came out very far ahead in all of this. Um, and, like, I don't really see Heath's argument. His argument is basically this. A, um, that by Ted buying up all these dual lands, he's making the price higher for players. Okay? Which, Heath is saying that he is annoyed because it hurts the players. Okay? That's what he's saying. So that's his first point. His second point is that when when speculators buy him out of stuff, he gets upset because he has to buy it back, right, at a higher price. And then the speculators will respond, well, then you get to sell it at a higher price. And what he says is it doesn't always sell at a higher price. A lot of times the market gets flooded and then they drop. So he basically has to sell them for less than he bought them for, and he loses money. So that's his point. But doesn't that just mean that he has to, like, do work? Like, he, he he can't just, you know, tell his bot to follow a very linear 
predictable buying pattern of if out of cards, buy a bunch. When have cards, sell a bunch. Like, any any person can do that. Yeah, like, I think the argument is stupid because it's it's just just like you said, you know, if 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 you're running out of stock and you're rebuying and then having to resell it less than you're buying, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Okay, so either you need to not rebuy until the market settles or you need to do something different, okay, because that just plan isn't going to work, you know? So, like, if you're in the if you're in the business of doing, like, moto buying and selling, then you need to learn the nature of your business. You know what I mean? And the nature of your business means certain things, you know? And I feel like he's just being a little bit, like, immature to not accept the what the nature of his business brings, okay? And, like, if I was doing this full-time, like, selling and buying moto, and I had a shop like he has, then I would just hire speculators. Like, why does he just hire these people? They're so good at it. They're better than he is, right? Admit that you have, like, a, a knowledge gap and hire these people to help you configure a way to make your yourself profitable in those times, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you know what happens when the NSA gets hacked? Like, like when, when people, like, attack the Pentagon on the internet and they're successful? Yeah, they get hired. Yeah, they hire those people. That's how you apply for a government job. You beat the government. Like, stop fighting the people who are better than you and just pay them enough money to make you enough money to pay for themselves. Yeah. So I think it's just silly to to try to fight about all these points. And, like, I'm just like, the way I see it is, if somebody wants to do a run on my cards and buy up all of X, Y, or Z, that's fine. Like, I'm selling product, right? Right. Because I bought that stuff lower than I'm selling it, obviously, or I'm an idiot, okay? And I'm posting it for higher than I bought it or whatever, you know? So like, so, like, the point is, is, hey, if you're selling cards, don't complain, okay? And, you know, just figure out a way that if you have to rebuy, you have to figure out a way to do that in a, in a smart way, you know? Offer a trade-in or so, some kind of, like, there's a hundred creative things you can come up with if you had all day to do this, you know? Like, I don't have all day. I work a regular job, so right. I don't have any ideas like, off the top of my head. He he is the front man for a very successful uh, magic dealing, like multi-medium magic dealing uh, organization. So, like, he, he should really, like, be thinking about how to do this besides just bitching about the problem. I, I mean, yeah, and I also think that somebody who is in that position is, should do better things with their time than sit there and fight with people about, stupid things, you know? Like, you're going to detour some customers because of your strong opinions. So why? What is your opinion gaining you from a business perspective that is worth losing customers over? And I don't think it's gaining him anything. I think he just wants to voice his opinion. And you know what? Sometimes you can't afford to do that. So, yeah. so I mean, I like the guy as a, as a person. Like, uh, I've talked to him on a personal level, and I don't, you know, have anything against him. But I think his ideas about business are not the greatest, and I think that choosing to fight with someone as well-liked and as uh, articulate as Ted is, is stupid, you know? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, yeah. 
I, I, I have nothing but respect for Ted. I think that he's done a lot in and for the community. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was to Heath's detriment to pick the fight that he did. And I think that he, um, he framed his decision to charge Ted more, uh, very poorly. Right? Like, he handled it poorly. He got lost in the syntax of, like, I don't charge my customers more, but, you know, I don't consider you a customer, so you're not welcome here, but I'm going to still let you buy cards. I'm just going to very sneakily raise prices on you. Um, and then, like, when confronted with actual evidence of it, like, that practice, which, you know, I was sort of peripherally aware of, but I didn't, like, know how that's triggered. I assumed that, like, a bot owner could just be like, you know, if username, then prices times 1.20. Yeah. I mean, I just, so everyone knows, I, I'm not doing a bot anymore. Uh, I sold all my extra stock, uh, basically because I just don't have time to keep up with this whole, like, moto economy and, like, bot and stuff like that. So I basically shut my bots down, sold all my extra stock, and um, now I'm just focusing on doing the paper, like, legit MTG stuff. Um, but, like, because of all that crap, like, I knew I knew that stuff like that was going on, where, like, if you buy from certain bots, if you're a speculator, you get charged more. Like, I already knew that, you know, because from being, like, just, you hear it, just like you said, peripherally, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really don't have a problem with that, like, I think that, you know, if he wants to charge different people different amounts, then that's just fine. Like, sometimes that's part of business. Like, you know, there's a top-secret document in my company that basically has all the rates that we charge our different customers, right? Right. For for, for the same product, uh, sometimes shipped the exact same way from the same warehouse, some just some customers pay more and some customers pay less, you know? Right. I, I don't know which ones or whatever because I've never seen this, like, database Absolutely or whatever. Document. Yeah, but, that, but the that point... That would be such a sick troll if, it, like, you just knew about it and then it turns out that it's just the exact same price for everyone. <laughs> that would be funny. And so, like, um, the way that they, like, weed out the unloyal people and, like, the liars is they, like... As, like they figure out who tells people that the company charges different rates, and it turns out that they just don't. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay, so anyway. So yeah, that happens. Now that I'm gonna get fired tomorrow for telling people. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Yeah, but um, so the point is, is that in business, uh, different customers sometimes get charged different stuff. Uh, even I do it when like, uh, I know a guy like collects foils, foil Japanese, right? So, like, I might have something on my list for, like, X dollars, but I know this guy who collects spoiled Japanese will give me more than X dollars for it, right? So, when he comes up, I'm just like, well, I'm asking this much, which is more than that, you know? And then he'll just be like, okay, I'll take it. You know, that is, to me, I, I feel like that's, um, it's more of like a networking and, like, customer understanding thing. It isn't as much, you know? And for him, I think it's a mechanism to keep speculators from raiding his bots. Because people can still buy stuff from his website at the lower price. And so it's just harder to raid the website. You know what I mean? So speculators will go to bots to do it. Yeah. So 
But so like, I, I think I think like there's a similar thing happening with the uh, with online stores and and paper cards. It's like like uh, like the stocks for all those uh, those chocolates like they're they're like they're not the like I I think like uh, some speculators actually like bought a lot of them you know and people people are are kind of hoarding them you know yeah yeah I mean there's a lot of this. There's this crazy, stupid stuff going on with the Shocklands right now. Um, I think eventually they're going to get reprinted and, like, hopefully people didn't put too much money into them, you know? Uh, but, but yeah, it's, I don't know, it's tough on the MTGO stuff because I guess people feel like he's he's doing it, like, in a sneaky way, you know? Yeah, but, I feel like if he was upfront about it, if he just, like, opened a message and was like, or if you just, like, had a policy that was, like, if you do this, you know, and, like, doesn't state his threshold, but was, like, you know, if you buy a bunch of cards um, at, you know, certain prices and they go up, then we're going to charge you more the next time. Sorry. And at that point, people can, you know, game the threshold or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really like. I just don't see the point of like having a like a like. Why did the Why did the people who are buying a bunch of cards need notice that they might get charged more? Um, I think that it's unsavory to like like it's sort of a variation on the bait and switch, right? I don't think it's a bait and switch because you see what you're getting. Like it's like me going to. Sometimes this happens actually. Where if you go to like Walmart and they have like DVDs and some of them are like five dollars, some of them are ten and some of them are fifteen, right? So like say that you like get one of the DVDs out of the ten dollars section and it has ten on it, right? Yeah. But like if you would have dug through the the bin, then you might have been able to find it for five. And so like the people who don't dig through the bin, I'm not feeling sorry for those guys because they just took the ten dollar one. They're okay with paying ten dollars for the DVDs, so they paid it, you know. Right, like, but we're talking about a website that uh, about a bot that advertises its prices on a website. Yeah. And like Knudsen, presumably, you know, has evidence of you know those prices being advertised on that website and then being charged different bot prices. So like that is a bait and switch. Albeit, like, you get informed of the switch before you make the purchase, but, like, it's still a switch. Yeah, it's but... Like, I'm going to open this trade and, like, start trying to buy these cards from this dealer. Oh, wait, why am I, get charging? Why am I getting charged more? Yeah, but you can buy them from the website. So, like, why not just buy them from there? How do, what are the logistics of that? Uh, you just sign in and you you just uh, you you pick what you want. You sign in and then hit check out. Huh. Like I buy more from the website because you can save like eight percent if you put in a special code like PayPal or something. Yeah. And you save eight percent of dollars, so it's like cheaper for me to buy from the website because I can always sell tickets for more. Um. So I do that, but 
the point is, is that, you know, the reason why they don't buy from the website is because they want to buy 100 copies, and they just want to run the bot. And it's just like, well, if you want to run the bot, then, you know, you're going to have to pay more probably. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of like you understand that. If you're on that list where you're getting charged more, you understand that you can either buy it from the website or try to run the bot, and you've chosen to run the bot. So, you know, I don't feel sorry for you if you get charged more. That's, that's I, fair enough. Yeah, and I also don't feel, you know, I don't feel it's bad for you to just make another user account and run his bot. Like, that's fine. You know, you guys want to play games, you can just play them both back and forth all day long, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a fun, it was definitely a fun Twitter fight to watch. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm just glad I wasn't the one pissing Ted Knetsenoff or Knutson. That's where I'm at. So, KYT, are you still uh, are you still there? I'm there. I'm always here. Well, KYT, how do you feel about editing a three-hour episode of Crazy Talk? Ugh, I never edit anymore. Oh man! But uh, probably gonna cut this in two parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before Drew and after Drew. <laughs> so. So shout-outs, or do we want to discuss more? I feel like I should sleep through my work, but, uh, you know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Don't have a job yet. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's, ha- what's happening with that uh, KYT? You got, you got an offer? I got an offer, and I'm uh, negotiating, so I'm not going to accept it. Ain't uh, getting low-balled. <laughs> oh, man, you need some help with that, bro? I'll, I'll do some negotiation with you. <laughs> for you yeah. for sure um, no but it's looking good I think I'm going to be starting uh, uh, Labor Day after Labor Day and uh, I'll be back Frank I'll be back to my normal baller self <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> um, yeah. is it uh, is it still uh, Java programming or yeah yeah I think it's it's going it's it's to be the same it's my niche. It's my Wait, niche. you know a program in Java? Yeah. Holy smoke. <laughs> like, it, it's like me and you. It's like, every, I'm shocked every time I, I remember what your job is. <laughs> yeah, because you think I'm a knowledgeable fool who just trades cards. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because at so many turns in my life, I have had the opportunity to learn Java. And I'm always like, Man, with the way that computer technology goes, like learning Java is the worst thing because it's going to be outdated by the time you learn it, you know? Right, right. So this has happened to me at least, it happened to me 15 years ago, and then 10 years ago, and then five years ago, and I'm just like, okay, Java is never going away. I should just learn it. (laughs) But I know the minute that I learn it, it's going to be... It's just gonna, oh man. Anyway. They're gonna ban it or something. <laughs> They're gonna be like, okay, a Mexican knows how to program Java. Let's uh, let's move on, it's guys. Over. It's over. <laughs> Pack it up, boys. Yep. All right, shout outs, guys. Go ahead. I'm not gonna start this, man. I have why not? Because I gotta think. I gotta formulate. It's two o'clock in the morning, bro. <laughs> okay, shout out to Bryce for uh. For asking me to bring this whole uh, cheating discussion to you guys, I definitely would not have uh, 
had the guts to put this out there if not for him goading me on to uh, talk about it on this cast. Right on. Good job, Bryce. <laughs> Anyone else, Drew? Um, I mean, yeah, shout out to Jerry. That dude, you know, obviously taught me a bunch about thinking about magic. I'm going to work with him for uh, Philadelphia. He's staying with me next week. You know, hopefully we'll come up with some filthy, disgusting deck and I'll get to you know write some sweet article about how uh, how good I run at eternal format. <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be ideal. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, uh, the last oh. time me and I worked on a uh, a real good eternal deck, I think we uh, I think we broke it. So hopefully we'll do that again. <laughs> How's it going with uh, with Brad? Um. It's it's slow going just because coordinating is real tough, but I hope to have some content from him and me in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Okay, we'll be looking out for that. Yeah, for sure. Does that wrap up your shout-outs for yeah. uh, this time? Yeah. That was good. Frank? <laughs> yeah, uh, shout-out shout out to Drew for coming. Uh, it's always uh, nice to have you on. I mean, and shout out to you guys for having me again. Like, I can't <laughs> believe you guys aren't sick of me. Never. <laughs> We're just sick of Medina. <laughs> Dude, I just came back, man. You <laughs> ready, bro? Yeah, just brag about how you peel extra J-Speller all the time. Oh, yeah, that was a Jason Mindspeller, by the way. Oh, my God. It was back when he was legal. Wow, so this is just even filthier. Yeah, but how good is Jace against a Goblin Guy deck, bro? Not really uh, I good. mean, like, it's not about the Jace, man. It's about the Brainstorm. Like, how good is Brainstorm against the Goblin Guy deck? Dude, I didn't even cast it. I killed the guy before I even cast the Jace. Okay, <laughs> we've already gone over. This is a bad thing. I should have shouldn't have done that. I mean, I shouldn't have kept it after the third turn. Wow. Yeah, I probably should have mulliganed to that Jace. I probably should have, like, called the judge is what should have happened. And you should have, like, re- quote-unquote realized it in the middle of casting your preordain. Uh, been like, okay, I'll just look at one card and, keep, and like, top or bottom it and, like, have drawn this chase. Just, like, negotiate your way out of the situation so that you're at card parity and then you're okay. No, that would be unethical still. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 but, like, keeping the chase definitely ethical. I didn't say it was. <laughs> Damn it, Drew Levin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm too tired to fight my way out of this one, guys. Expert <laughs> <laughs> negotiator, Jonathan Medina, cornered again. Oh, man. Damn it, I hate being cornered. I'll get you next time, Drew. Yeah, sounds good. And your little dog, too. Dude, I don't have a dog yet. I'll work on it. Yeah, work on that. So, who was shouting out? <laughs> it was Frank. I, I was shouting out. I, I'll send an extra one to uh, Alex, who... Uh, Sadly dropped uh, from the past tonight, <laughs> and uh, the ham and Rob and Justin were all going to uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Philly uh, in a few weeks. So uh, good luck, uh, good luck, guys in modern. And uh, that's that's it for me. <laughs> okay, I'll go next since uh, Medina clearly needs a few more minutes uh, <laughs> to think. Um, Shouts to Drew, obviously great to have you. Um, here and even talking about such a controversial topic. I know for me, uh, 
at my local game store, there was a time where uh, this guy was winning every single pre-release or release event, and um, I was somewhat younger at the time, and everybody had suspicions that he was cheating, but no one really had the nerve or the guts to point that out. Eventually, uh, someone did and called him out on it, and even even got people at the store working there to, to take notice, and he was banned from ever playing uh, pre-release or release events. But he was winning like every single one with retarded decks, and uh, was always drawing extra cards. So cheating, you know, I can definitely uh, relate to that. Um, and he even, as I recall, cheated against me. Um, so, uh, shout-outs to the rest of you. Shout-outs to Andrew Strauss, who just added me on Facebook, who apparently works at Wizards, as, uh, I don't really know what. <laughs> but he says that he fully supports that, we, uh, tell him we fully support the show at the Mothership, both of my shows, so. Wow. Um, Shout-outs to you for letting me know that. And um, I think I'm good for, for this episode. John? Wow. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> Even though we swear. So, like, <laughs> you know what? Talking about new followers, I had a new follower this week, and I wasn't sure if it was a good thing or not, because the guy was called Dr. Shit Lizard. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, can we get that name again? Dr. Shit Lizard. <laughs> I was uh, a little bit disturbed by that uh, new follower, but uh, I haven't blocked him yet. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That's so good. So, you get, uh, you get the Watsy employees, I get Dr. Shit Lizard. <laughs> We, we appeal to a different kind of demographic, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. He's probably right. following you also, Medina. <laughs> <laughs> probably, dude. I don't know who follows me. Oh, I know Ted Knutson doesn't follow me. I tried to DM him today, and it didn't work. So, anti-shout-out to that guy. <laughs> not following me. <laughs> Um, shout out to Wizards of the Coast for giving us an awesome format in Modern. Thank you. I'm very appreciative of that. Um, shout out to Mark Sun for Top 80 Legacy Champs. Um, shout out to... Who else am I shout out? Oh, shout out to Alex for qualifying for the Pro Tour. Shout out to Drew for coming on here and making our cast legit. And... Um, Shout out to you guys who have stuck with us, even though we haven't cast it in like a month. Talking to you guys, the listeners. And uh, shout out to to KYT and to Frankie. Come on, you gotta come to GP Montreal, John. <laughs> oh man, come on. Come to Canada. I might. One, I might. one time. I'm uh, I'm buying you a poutine, man, if you come. What's that? <laughs> It's the greatest food ever invented, man. Is that is that the fries and gravy? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh man, I don't want that crap. <laughs> oh man, I had that one time. One time. I had that one time in Perth, Canada. 
And it was if, a, you, if you didn't have it in Quebec, you didn't you didn't have the right thing. Isn't Perth in Quebec? Perth? Checkmate. I don't know. I think it is, dude. Check it out. Uh, and there was this hot chick who served it to me, too. I was like, dang! I remember that. And then I was like, oh, these fries are freaky. So, well, if you come, we'll we'll take you to the good place. and. Uh, yeah, man, yeah. I'll, we'll I'll we'll give you that uh, Mexican poutine, man. You'll, you'll love it. <laughs> oh, man, it'd be good to meet you guys. It would be, for sure. So... All right, dudes, I'm already feeling my headache coming on for the morning, which is just going to freaking blow. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of thinking to do at work. but um, Really? Yeah, dude. <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't know you had to think. Yeah, yeah managing systems and shit. It's a big deal, man. <laughs> Mad. Well, I guess we'll have to let you go, Medina. All right, I'm going to go, and you guys can carry on without me. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. We'll just end this episode. and yeah. So I'll talk to you guys, see you guys next week or, or whenever we record our next episode. And uh, oh, hey, hope what, you like listening to this one. One more shout-out to uh, King Ho! <laughs> 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 oh, man.